created to have some fun together sharing and singing. So join and enjoy. Our love for opera brings us together. Thanks for being with us in this trip. And uh, um, uh, maybe uh, maybe this uh, this this song uh, also I, I turned off my camera because it froze and I cannot make it work again so that's why I'm not on the screen any longer things happen. Uh, music, can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we could something like that. I could be. What what could I be? What character could I be? I will think of something. <laughs> but I wanted to tell you about this music. Uh, provided that names of composers such as Paolo Tosti is also in Italian. And if you don't speak Italian and you happen to know to know him or know not him, not knowing him, emphasizes the fact that people find it elitist and are afraid to approach it. Because they hear someone talking about Bellini, Verdi, Donizetti, Gounod, Bizet, Mozart, Tosti, Moreno Torroba, and they say, I don't know any of those. I just know, as from Mexico, Juan Gabriel, Vicente Fernández, Rocío Durcal. So they feel, and they feel apart, and they are afraid of approaching it. So, at least for the case of Mexico, with this very established difference in the social classes, I would say that it is a fact. Opera is elitist. But we want to work hard so that it eventually will become a myth. Let's go for another one. Let's go for... Oh. Opera singers use angulated voices to sing, which is not natural compared to popular singers. Before we say it is a myth, a myth or a fact, let me tell you the anecdote where this uh, this uh, this one comes from. I was listening to the radio a good number of years. Th those morning shows that most uh, the the mothers like to hear, you know, talking about uh, health, uh, children, education, blah blah blah. So they invited a popular singer, Mexican singer who happens to have been very famous in the 80s and now was teaching singing. And I remember that he opened his comment saying that he decided to become or to teach people how to sing because he knew he was a very good singer. So he wanted to pass all this knowledge to others, to which you may say, okay, it's right. And that he would use a natural technique that their voices of his students would sound natural opposed to opera singers who use those horrible angulated voice unnatural angulated voices that nobody likes after those faces that you just made <laughs> what do you think oh my god what would you like to say katia <laughs> um well it's a kind of difficult to know where to start from. Um, for me, for me, angulated gives me an idea that the word it's like perfect in the throat, in gola, in the throat. And in my experience, 
learning to sing is completely the opposite idea. You take your voice off from throat. You have to use the words, you have to think about a production and a mission, and you have to use everything with your throat. Uh, it's the most natural voice because if we are honest, you don't you don't talk like you see opera. But it has to be your voice, and you have to start from thinking that your body really uh, can feel like natural sensations and natural uh, words. Uh, for example, breathing, uh, you have to breathe as a baby does, deep and relaxed. So that's natural for me, that's right, but natural, it's not um, an effort. So, uh, I don't talk like this, and I'm single opera in exactly the same way, but it's not a fake voice. So I would say, and I need to agree to that. I also think it is a myth. What I think it is a misunderstanding. Engolated because there is a confusion. You say, ah, how does a tenor sing? Let me think. Recondita harmonia. When you think, recondita harmonia. That is the sound, the natural sound of a tenor voice. But they think it wrong when they say like, you, you see, you immediately notice how the sound is not well placed, and now they think that's the way uh, opera singers sound. And like putting all the pressure on the throat, but that's a, that is a, besides being a wrong technique, it's a misunderstanding of what opera singers actually do. And I would like to give another example. <laughs> I would challenge somebody to sing the Queen of the Night. Angulated. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. How, how is it going to sound? It's That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but th there is this confusion because there is misinformation of what act actual technique is. And I also wanted to add something. We all use our feet if we have the capacity of using our feet, of course. If we are not disabled in the use of our feet, we walk naturally and we can walk maybe given on our physical condition, maybe a kilometer and we feel fine. And we run naturally, maybe because the bus is about to leave and we need to catch the bus, <laughs> which is different to running professionally. You cannot expect an athlete to run with the same te technique that I used to run after the bus. It's impossible. You cannot expect a professional singer to sing natural with an instrument that needs to run five miles. The, the singer is not catching a bus. The singer is running professionally long distances. And for that purpose, there is a technique for that running. 
and that technique is called impostation. That is the impostation. Engolated is, yes, it's an error of people who try to sing, but that is not how opera singers sing. So it is misinformation and it is a myth. Great, I agree. Let's go for another. Hey, my lord, it's already 40 minutes. <laughs> Time runs. Myth or fact? Now here it goes. Opera tickets are very expensive. It depends on the country to start with. I know that you, if you want to attend uh, the Metropolitan Opera House, it will be expensive to most people. But if you go to the Palacio de Bellas Artes in Mexico, the cheapest ticket, I think it's at uh, 350 pesos. Which is, from my perspective, very cheap if you compare it to the rapper who just sold tickets over 2,000 pesos. I mean, six times more ex expensive to watch a rapper than to watch opera at the Palacio de Bellas Artes. But I also wanted to add something, and you would agree to that. People think that the only place that they where they can watch opera or singers is the main opera house in their country. And that is so very wrong. Singers are all you, you, you can you can find them singing in museums, in other small theaters, in auditoriums, at universities. And open uh, sometimes in nice open park places. There, there are a good number of places where you can find your singer. And for tickets, you can come home and I'll sing for free. <laughs> <laughs> and many of those are for free, in fact. Or you pay less than a dollar to attend one of those residents. So I I'll sing for food. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> So, uh, from my perspective, it is an absolute myth. But I what, agree. What, what you like? Would you like to add something to this? No, it depends on the cast. It depends um, on the, the opera house on the country, like you just say. But I think that if you are really interested to approach, uh, you will find the right choice for your pocket. Yeah, let, let money not be excuse. You can find you can always find something that is at a good price, a price that you can afford. And if you cannot, fortunately, thanks very much to many opera houses around the world, they have uploaded many of their performances. So you can watch L'Opera di Torino. You can watch uh, from Italy. I think there are at least five theaters who have uploaded their their operas there is also two or three theaters in spain i know that you can watch also the uh, the operas from the palacio de bellas artes the metropolitan opera house no they never upload anything uh, but the teatro colón de buenos aires has amazing historical performances either audio and video or just audio just Look for those. You can have all those uh, great singers who have sung at the Colón de Buenos Aires. Most likely is in their uh, historical records and you can listen to very, to very good quality. So I would like to insist, let not money to be an excuse for not watching good music. 
And we are having the chance of, of sharing a, a, a little of Katya's voice, and she's doing it for all of us for free. So wh why should it be a problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, I have some something here to share for free. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me see. I, I saw this. Hmm. No, let, let me find it. Um, sure. In, in the meantime, let, maybe I can continue talking. Uh, because I wanted to share with you that, that when I was younger, for me, Sundays were my opera days because those were the days where I could rehearse for at least three hours. Because something that people are not usually shared is that when a singer is not singing on stage, he still needs to practice and he needs, again, as he's an athlete, if he's going to run five miles, he needs to rehearse for those five miles. He cannot say, I only run 200 meters and that will immediately make me endure the 5K. No, that's not going to happen. So Sundays used to be my my uh, my uh, professional athletism day <laughs> or I could listen to a complete opera on the radio because in Mexico there are radio stations who like to play opera on Sundays and I could take the complete score and follow it from beginning to end and, and that's how I, I used to spend my Sundays maybe I will <laughs> do that again soon <laughs> have you found what would you like to share with us? Me llama la primorosa. Yes, let's do that. Yeah, For free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me llama la primorosa. La niña de los amores. Por mis ojos enamoré. Y esta cara está Oh, <laughs> 
I really love how this opens. That, that open, opening phrase of me llaman la primorosa. Like being, you know, like very coquette. <laughs> like, like on stage, like, you know, everybody wants... Exactly. I really find uh, all those roles in the zarzuela to be so lovable. So 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 very appeal, appealing, interesting, funny. Ah, but well, let, let's move ahead because I could spend hours talking about Zarzuela. Me llaman la primorosa. <laughs> <laughs> Fact or myth? Oh, this one is sad. Opera singers are fat. Even, even there are jokes, you know, like it would be memes now that they say <laughs> that. How does it go? There is a joke that says. Uh, it is kind of despective because it sounds ugly. Uh, they say when, cuando termine de cantar when la gorda. Starts when the fat lady starts to yeah. sing, starts to yell. Yeah. Yeah, because there is, and they put it uh, the the helmet of a Viking, you know, making reference maybe to one of Wagner's <laughs> opera. <laughs> but but that's the way people usually picture singers opera singers and they also think of Pavarotti and so they say Pavarotti was fat and uh, sopranos are fat therefore all singers are fat what do you say uh, <laughs> well I think that we are not or we shouldn't be fat uh, I think we have um, to to be free in this part of our body, uh, it's, it's a fact that ribs are open. We have open ribs because we need to breathe and we need we need to use our diaphragm. But it's not fat. Indeed, it, it, it shouldn't. Uh, we need to be healthy people. We need to eat well. We need to make exercise, and maybe we are not an sick person, but you don't have to sing and you are not a good singer if you are fat. <laughs> and, and you know, uh, another thing that could be a very general anecdote of which many people are not aware, for a singer to have a recital or to be singing in a full opera is a very demanding I would say exercise, but it's very demanding. People lose... It is considered an exercise. And let me tell you that when you finish a concert or an opera, you are really starving. It's like running. Yeah, you are depleted. Uh, uh, I used to have these shops at the at Los Mangos, and I used to, to meet people at the end of, of this shop. And uh, I really got home so very tired. I even slept two hours ahead of my schedule because it really drained all my energy. Of course, I felt I felt happy, excited, etc. But tired, my lord. So I would say, uh, as uh, adding to what you say, of that our limbs need to be free around. Uh, around our bodies because the singing technique demands it 
that it is better when singers are healthy, of course, but most singers have the thoracic uh, part of the body like bigger than the rest of the body, and that is not that they are fat. It's like any muscle. You exercise it too, too often, you open and close it because the, the limbs rise and open when we aspire the breathing that our thoracic uh, box or case is much bigger than the average people. And of course, yeah. we also like eating. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I totally agree. Yes, we are not fat or we shouldn't. But yes, it, it has to be open. It has to be wide. It has to be free. And then you finish hungry. <laughs> It's like a bad combination of that. Yeah, yeah, it has to happen. That's the way it has to be. Oh, we have another one. Myth or fact, sopranos and tenors do not get along well. <laughs> I don't know. We've been friends like... For many years. Don't say the number. Many years. Many years ago, kind yeah. of. But remember that we don't need to give people any clue so that they can make do the math on how old we are so let's say a good number of years no but we are vampires so we are eternal <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's let's be sincere not it's not only between sopranos and tenors it's between any singer on a stage that you can see as a competitor if it is the mezzo and the soprano and the two have to sing a duet they at some point will be confronted on who is going to hit the note higher, who is going to keep it longer, who is going to give it more volume. At some point, there is some, not all the times, unfortunately, but there is some uh, competition, but in the wrong sense. And uh, there are many anecdotes of which I cannot tell any names again, <laughs> because some of them are still <laughs> uh, singers inactive that I even left them as friends because they would approach to me saying, you know what, Barton name, Barton added, no, what did he do? He just did this and this and this. And when we are on a stage, I am going to do this and this and this so that he finds not to mess again with me again because of this, of this and this. And uh, I said, and, and you have lived it, I, I am pretty sure. It, it turns also to what we call in Mexico, like peleas de vecindario like gossiping, <laughs> like not not very healthy places, but I think it has to do with the inte emotional intelligence that we also discussed some programs ago. You have to you have to understand that you will not always be the most important singer on the stage. There will be a time where you will have a more important singer to your left or to your right who will sing five pieces and, and you only two you will be the secondary. That will happen eventually. So you have to yep. understand that you will not be always be the top name. <laughs> and Yeah, it's not everything about you. It's about the music. And you have to be smart and humble and learn to work as a team and know that your partners are such as important as you are and you are doing something that is not for you and yourself. It's for the public. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I like that you mentioned that it is about a team because when I was uh, uh, thinking of today's program, what came to my mind is that we always remember what tenors or what singers run into a fight for, or they did something even stopped. They said, oh, no, I am not singing on the second act because this lady this 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 and this and she received the applause at two times and we said that it was only going to be one time and on the, all those ch children things but it is true that there are many artists that do not go out on stage any longer for the final act because something like that happened. but fortunately there are cases when th there is good chemistry among the singers and the, the two examples that always come to my mind are In one hand, Mar Maria Callas and Giuseppe Di Stefano, they also had many fights on the stage and outside the stage, of course, but they, they did many nice things together. And the other, uh, the other uh, two are Montserrat Caballé and Jose Carreras. If you ever watch to a concert where the two of them are performing, you will realize that they had a very nice relationship because Caballé is always smiling at Jose. When Jose is singing, Uh, Caballé, it's like she could take a step to the back and like admire him. And when it was her turn, now Caballé singing, what Jose could do is to look at her with such love and admiration. And that chemistry, that, that chemistry really flows. And I recall now a very specific case, and it is a, a duet that I asked By the way, Katia, that we should be working on that because I love that very much. The duet from La Africana, that's the name of the of the zarzuela, so it is called El Duo de la Africana. Uh, and it always happens that one of the two messes with the words. It always happens. It's a very long duet, but it is always that one of the two forgets <laughs> his own part. And the lovely thing <laughs> is that when Caballé and Carreras sang it together, when they realized that the other had just forgotten the words, the other one would immediately start singing the other part. Are they would smile, smile at each other like in complicity, like saying, oh, thanks, you saved me. But, but it, the show would go on and people really appreciated that. And uh, there are many uh, there are many ways to close it. Uh, by the way, the the score does not have uh, any notes on how to actually close it, but it is very traditional that singers, depending on how well they get along, wrap it somehow. So at the end, when they say when he says "vente" and she says "no," Caballé would do it in such a very funny way that he she would even make. Jose laugh and he couldn't even say the other vente because he was already laughing. So he would say vente. She would say no vente. Almost laughing because <laughs> because of the way Caballé had, had, uh, had responded. And she would insist like no. <laughs> and right after that they would go for de mi corazón like that. And they would end at the very exact time together because They knew they would communicate with their eyes so very closely that they knew how much breath was left on each of them. 
because it's very typical that ah I can I can show the public that I can keep the note for a second for a second longer than the soprano <laughs> or the soprano would say I would keep it for a second because the tenor is running out of breath but this magic and chemistry that Jose Carreras and Caballé had I don't recall having seen it on any other I think that maybe maybe Nebretko and Villazón had some some sort of this magic I recall a concert where they were also singing Zarzuela and now the one who messed with the words was Villazón and Nebretko did a face of oh my god what did, what did you just do but, but it was not like a, an incriminating face it was like okay let's have fun because we just messed but <laughs> we need a show to keep going <laughs> And I think that people really appreciate it when the two singers, as you said, can understand that it is about the music. This is about art, not about the egos. What would yeah, you like everything to... has a moment. And you will find your area with a lot of cadences when you can show off your talent, your skills, your um, power techniques. But if you are working with a partner, it's about assemble. And maybe just to add to that, many people don't know it, but to work together to put a duet is simple if you just want to sing your part and get away with it. But if you want to turn it into a piece of art, you need to understand how the other person breathes, you know to understand how the other person resonates, how he or she attacks the notes, how good is his reading or her reading technique. You you now do not have to worry only about your part, but about the other the other how the other person is going to do it. Yeah, it's a kind of marriage. You have to know how your how does your partner work. You have to assemble and make the same pianos to make you have to do the same uh, fortes, you have to breathe in the same place, um, you don't have to cover uh, your partner line with you. It's a huge work, it's not like I learned my line, I see yours and goodbye. And maybe that also has to do with the, what I was listening just prior to us starting today. You know that I was listening to this very lovely duet uh, of the flowers in uh, Lacme, when it starts <laughs> Domepe, and I was sharing with you that the two voices, the real challenge is how you put together these two voices. Maybe this mezzo has her ego and the soprano as well, but they have to leave their egos outside to put together a very delicate piece of music like, like it is this duet. Have you had the chance of singing it with someone, that duet? Yeah! Do you have a recording of that? No. Oh, oh. <laughs> but I'm working with um, a friend of mine. She's a soprano too. And we are preparing some duets. So I think we'll have ready this flower duet uh, in a while. And we'll share it with you. And to wrap up today's program, we will end up with the most preferred one. Sopranos break glasses with their high notes. At some point in history, someone came up with that story. The fat lady singing out loud and breaking a, a glass. 
I don't know where that came from. Of it is clearly a myth, but it is true that people there is a good number of people who still believe it. I've been singing and my bottle is still here. <laughs> It's a myth. <laughs> it, it, it really is a myth. Yeah, it really is a myth. And uh, that, that has to do with physics. It has to do with the resonance of objects of which we humans do not know still how to calculate. It has to do more with physics than with the power of the lungs of the singer. Yep. But, but maybe you believed it I when have you were. Point, but I know that it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> You ever tried when you were a child? Because you saw at some yeah, point in your life you heard it, right? Yeah, I heard it, but no, I, I never have like the curiosity to to check if I'm able to break a glass or not. <laughs> I just let it go. <laughs> and I think the last one uh, we mentioned in a previous program as well. Uh, because people sometimes take the criteria that say, oh, this guy or this lady was a very famous singer, so she must be an excellent singing teacher. And that is usually no. a myth. In fact, there is people who say that the worst teachers are usually the ones who were good singers, which may also be a myth. Wow. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Oof. It's not the same to be a good singer than to be a good teacher. Because probably you understand at perfection how your body works and you can use your voice in a marvelous way, but you are unable to explain that to some of else. So unfortunately, it's me. Yeah, it's unfortunate that it is a myth. There is no guarantee that anybody is going to be a good professor. I know that you have some students, so even the, even each student is different, have different ways of understanding what you're uh, explaining them. So, oh, I'm sorry to say that, guys. So if you wanted to study with Pavarotti, Pavarotti may have been a good professor, but he may have not been. I don't know. No guarantee yeah, on that. There's that a great singer will be an awesome teacher too. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Uh, to, to check that this um, singing teacher um, has a vocal skill that has good results and probably you will learn from person that um, it's not a lot that if that person sings great, you sing great too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and uh, th those were the 12 myths and facts that we wanted to share with you today. Of course, there are many others. My complete list was over 20. But if you have noticed your clock, we have already exceeded an hour. In fact, this is for today, this has been the long longest program we have had. So apologies for the for uh, for for this very long program, but you know that we we both enjoy singing and sharing this content with you, and uh, I hope that you can join us for our next program. Uh, Katya, how about you? How would you like to say bye bye? 
I would like to say bye-bye with uh, a little piece of Durserlichkeit. Okay. <laughs> Good way of wrapping up the, today's program. more content in our profile and coffee you can find us there as opera we love singing all in one word so go to coffee k as in key o as in opera dash f as in food and i as in ice we love to see you there